Welcome back to the Shit Dad Podcast, where we hear fatherhood experiences through the eyes of average Aussie blokes. My name is Nick. I'm 33, father of three, two boys and a girl, married for six years, and I've just come back from bribery, so I stink of salt and dead fish. (laughs) And I'm Cam, husband of four years, father of a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and I'm an arts and crafts aficionado. Uh, last episode, we spoke to Sam, who's the creator of Dad Source, uh, an Instagram account, um, and he gave us some great insight on knowing the value of Dad's worth in parenthood, and also not to trust technology because blackouts can ruin everything. That edit from the last episode sucked balls. <laughs> Go back and listen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I've got um, I've got some exciting uh, news to tell you guys. On Monday, my work is having a mental health day which means that my wife's going to be at work, my kids are going to be at daycare, and I'm going to have all day to pretty much just sleep. Oh, that's the dream. <laughs> that really is the dream. <laughs> Did you, you looked at me funny then. Were you thinking I was going to say something different? I dead set thought you were about to announce you're having your third kid. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> you sick man. <laughs> uh, this episode, we're going to be talking with Tim, who is a dad with one hell of a journey so far. He's a full-time dad, cancer battler, top bloke, and very handy to have around when a light bulb needs changing. How's it going, Tim? <laughs> Good, thank you. Because he's tall. <laughs> now, uh, yours is a really unique story, and we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, but what's something that you really love about your parenting journey? Oh, that's a good question. I think uh, now being a single parent and a full-time dad, I love the fact that I have nobody else to uh, run anything by, let's say. I love, I get I get all the time with my son and if I want to go do something with him, I don't have to run it by anyone else's schedule. Love I don't that. have to, uh, you know, get permission to do any of that. So <laughs> I love that part of the journey. Doesn't live off yeah. a calendar on the fridge. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was listening to that one at, whenever that episode was and I, I thought, I remember those days yeah. and I hated them. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new, mate? You um, you were just telling us before about the um, you, you're feeling a bit bit dumb at the moment. <laughs> yeah, well, that's sort of nothing new, but as we'll, <laughs> we'll probably get to a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, about uh, three months ago, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer, uh, which just came completely out of the blue. Not something that I was expecting. I don't think anyone yeah. would expect no. it, really. But. Uh, it was not on my radar at all. It's one of those things you think, oh, that's not going to happen to me. It'll happen to someone else. You know, I was fit and healthy otherwise. Uh, and I was training for an Ironman triathlon, you know, so everything, like I'd probably, I was probably in a fitter state and what I thought was a more healthy state than yeah. I've ever been. Mm. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden, pardon the pun, but the wheels fell off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> well, we'll get into your um, that a little bit later because I do. We do actually want to sort of go into depth with it as well because we do want to talk about men's health as well as the mental health side of things. But um, I remember you saying a little bit that you, uh, you you're not thinking a hundred percent straight at the moment because of the the treatment. So if anyone hears any uh, <laughs> any long pauses and me or Cam yeah. forget to jump in, yeah. it's uh, Timmy's just trying to think of his next sentence. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, chemo. Um, so I've just finished chemo, but uh, it's certainly, like it's affected me physically, but mentally is probably one of the biggest things I was not expecting. And anyone who's listening who has been on their own cancer journey or knows other people and they, they talk about, chemo brain like it's a real thing like sometimes i just be talking and i can't think of a word or or you forget what you're talking about yeah totally or something simple like the other day i was just trying to get onto realestate.com to 
scroll through some stuff and mm. I just couldn't figure out how to do it like just something so simple so yeah, I right. just apologise to your listeners if I just go quiet for a minute oh, I think everyone yeah. wants to hear what you've got to say so that's good um, if you like the Shit Dad podcast then we'd love you to support the guys at Smashing Fibres Apparel who make this pod possible uh, so check them out on Instagram fill up your shopping cart and use the code SHIP SHIT FREE at checkout for free shipping also want to mention that um, today we're using the black box wait Black Rock. That's not nah, Black Property. <laughs> <laughs> black Property um, offices for our pod. So it's actually a pretty good setup. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm liking it. We're good not desk. really, yeah, <laughs> we're not cramped in. So it's um, it's a nice little spot here. So if you're looking for a house or looking to sell your place, check out Black Property. Uh, the boys will look after you. I reckon we get started with the dad joke. Sounds good. Camo. All right. There was a knight who amazed and impressed everyone. His name was Surprise. Uh, oh. yes. <laughs> Very well, good. I was kind of waiting to I couldn't figure it out then. <laughs> what do you got, Tim? Uh, the other day I was washing the car with my son and halfway through he said, Dad, can't we just use a sponge? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's a good one. <laughs> Why did the lion only eat cooked chicken? Because he didn't like it raw. Oh, <laughs> stop it. Yes. <laughs> Let's get started. Um, Timmy, can you tell us your story from bun to one? Okay, yeah. So my bun to one story is probably uh, similar to most, I'd say. Uh, well, probably not, actually. <laughs> the more I think about it. Uh, so I, uh, I'm now separated, but we were married for 11 years, and we waited, I think it was either... It must have been about seven years before we had, uh, before we decided to try and conceive, and the reason for that was um, that my ex-wife, she had a, a bit of a rough upbringing, and she was very, very concerned that she was going to be as bad a mum as her mother was, and she always used to say, "Oh, you know, I don't want to repeat the same mistakes." So I took her uh, all of her. 20s or so to work through those issues and then I'm not sure if you guys have experienced or, or anyone else has experienced the uh, female body clock ticks very loudly once they hit a certain age yeah. and I swear it was like the moment she hit 30 it was like bing it's like <laughs> ready to go yeah. so um, she'd uh, she got to a point where she sort of thought yep I'm right let's do this uh, we had no trouble conceiving it was um you know pretty straightforward although as soon as she got pregnant or when i say as soon as she got pregnant probably within the first uh i don't know maybe month or so she started to um think things weren't quite right her body wasn't reacting in what you would assume would be a normal way she started getting started getting all these like, heart palpitations and just really really fatigued which i guess is normal and then, you know, the general morning sickness and stuff that comes along with that as well. But so basically this happened for her whole pregnancy, which made uh, the pregnancy journey pretty difficult for her. And, you know, we went to all the specialists and stuff and it was all just, oh, well, this is how your body reacts and, you know, you'll be okay. It's no, no problem with the child, just try and rest and whatever. So we went through all that. Um... So, so that that probably started what I would now, looking back on it, describe as like a bit of a downhill spiral. Everything was sweet up until probably the time she got pregnant and then things started to go downhill and I didn't realise what was happening, or, you know, just playing the, the normal bloke role where you... She'll be right. Yeah, yeah, totally. She'll be right. And what do I do? I just, you know, you just support your partner and mm. you're like you know what do you need you know and then this just continued and continued what do you need what can i do uh you know and and you, ju you just try and th make things as easy for them as possible because you're useless otherwise yeah. as you guys know we you know our role is fairly well complete once yeah. conception is done that's correct yeah. yeah so did she um or yourself have any sort of um mental effects from like during or just after ty was born uh at the time, I would have said no. Yeah. Now, looking back, the benefit of hindsight, yeah, 100%. So, and, and really something that I regret now, not identifying earlier. Mm -hmm. and like not, pre and postnatal sort of? 
yeah depression and, and, and she stuff. was she was uh probably susceptible to that anyway um you know she had i don't know not diagnosed depression but she had uh you know been up and down probably more than what i would assume a normal person would be up and down and i don't have much to compare it to because it's the only long-term relationship i've been in so you know. what about yourself tim did you experience anything like that no not really um i sort of just uh yeah i've been fairly level i think through the whole thing and you know other people externally might think differently but i have i don't think uh mentally it affected me too much i just what i noticed was i kind of went into work mode where you go there's a problem you know what have I got to do to fix mm. it and don't take it on? Probably what did happen to me was I shut down quite emotionally because I was constantly having to just deal with issues. You know, it didn't it didn't feel like the happy process that it should be. And let me just, uh, just say something that I think is quite important is that I don't like looking back on these sort of things with a negative um spin to it because i think the more you tell a negative story the more it ingrains in you and then the worse you feel so i actually didn't um i didn't dislike the pregnancy journey at all because i like pregnancy's magic hey like mm -hmm. how, like you still think about the reality of a woman growing a baby inside of them you're like how is that possible yeah. and you know going through that process as a first time father and seeing how it all comes about you're like man this is cool it's crazy yeah so for the first year, did you have a similar sort of effect? Yeah. So if we go from pregnancy was difficult for my ex, uh, the labor and birthing process was very difficult as well. It was like a two day, like a 48 hour marathon, Fuck which that. nothing went right. It was just Poor girl. brutal. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, she did really well through it. Uh, and I, I think everyone, we had a bit of a support network with my mum was there as well. She had a doula. I don't know if anyone yeah, has yep. experienced the doula thing. The doula was shithouse. Oh, but, really? Yeah, she was hopeless. She only stuck around for half of it. And then went oh, home. Tapped out. I'm on tapped break. Out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not paying me overtime. I'm out. <laughs> that was terrible. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not saying all doulas are like that. But yeah. anyway, this one was no, not flash. Uh, the hospital staff were great, midwives were great, but it was just a long drawn out process. It ended up um, being, you know, she ended up having a cesarean after, you know, 48 hours. She had two epidurals. The first oh. one didn't work, second one worked. And, you know, it just went from bad to worse. It was like a comedy of errors. Like if you were going to script a uh, shitty pregnancy and shitty birth experience to set you up for failure, you'd probably write a script similar to this. Um, Anyway, and coming from a place where she'd struggled emotionally and, and mentally before, it really made it difficult to start a uh, motherhood journey like that. So my son was born. Ty is my son's name. He's born. Uh, you might be able to hear him in the background. He's in the... <laughs> I'm being an excellent father at the moment. He's in the next room playing on the phone. <laughs> no, he's doing his homework. <laughs> we all saw his homework in there. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, he was born... Um, Actually, something that I I felt was all right, uh, was um, relevant that other guys might have experienced is leading up to his birth. I thought to myself, "What happens if I don't love this kid? Like, what happens if he comes out and I'm like, mm, yeah, he's cool, but whatever." Uh, and because we had a uh, this is <laughs> pretty, I don't really like to admit this, but we had a dog at the time, and I was like, I. I love this dog, right? And I was like, what if I don't love the kid as much as the dog? And then, you know, <laughs> I know, worrying about it. Yeah. I know, it was, it was a strange thing. Anyway, yeah. he turns up. He turns, he turns up. up. He rocks <laughs> up on my door. He comes out. And, it's like uh, 10 o'clock at night. You know, <laughs> uh, I had that um, feeling like as soon as you, you see your child, you're like, oh my God, you know, what was I ever concerned mm. about? Yeah. So anyway, he's born. Um, the ex really struggled uh after birth and uh just just adapting you know had a shit pregnancy shit labor shit birth experience and then shit the doula shit doula <laughs> yeah <laughs> and what she would probably describe as a shit husband <laughs> uh and uh it just it just was difficult as you guys know the first 
little while after your kid's born is difficult. You're sleep deprived. You are just constantly changing nappies, and mm. you you know you don't know what you're doing. You you're all over the shop. So all that set us up for a real rough trot. Uh, and there were certain things that I didn't identify that I should have picked up on. Things like um, she would say stuff like, I just don't have any uh, joy with this child. She'd refer to him as a parasite. She'd say, he, all he does is takes my energy and doesn't give me anything in return. Like, I don't think these are normal things for people to be saying and what i would say in response to that was oh you know you're just tired why don't you go have a sleep or i'll take him out and do something or mm. uh, or i would um say oh what about this what about when he smiles or you know giggles or something and um you know she'd go oh yeah other people might think that's cute and funny and charming and whatever but i just don't have that feeling so that that progressed and if i could do the time again i would identify those things and i would seek professional help mm -hmm. so what uh what i did was probably sheltered her more from the outside world than i should have uh just tried to step up my game a bit to lighten her load um and then what that did then was just wore me out basically too mm -hmm. so you know in the end after you know, 12 months or so, if we're going bun to one, you know, by 12 months, we're both exhausted and nothing's got better. You know, things are just uh, really difficult. Although, like I said, looking back uh, on it negatively is probably not a good thing. So there's there's some awesome stuff as well, you know, the seeing the progression of your child, you know, from not being able to hold their head up to being able to hold their head up to then you know crawling and mm. then the standing up and walking and all that sort of stuff in the first year it's yeah unbelievable mm. i still love that nice and um yeah so can you share what happened next and how we how you kind of went into that uh wearing both hats as in parenthood yep so that didn't happen until he was four so we split up when he was four only um couple of months after his fourth birthday uh so the next um, you know, so that first four years was pretty well us just trying to figure out how to manage a child. Keep your and, head afloat. And yeah, 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 keeping our head up. And, you know, financially, it was a really stressful time. Um, you know, we were probably in over our head financially with our mortgage at that stage. I was the only one working. Um, and it just... It, it was just really difficult. It, it had a lot. It placed a lot of stress on our relationship and placed a lot of stress on uh, trying to be a good parent. Uh, so, what would happen in that in that whole period of time? Uh, I would go to work. Um, she would look after Ty. I'd come home and I'd do what I would guess a lot of dads would do: grab the child, go out and do something. You know, get him out of the house, allow the missus to relax for a bit but this ended up probably making the situation worse was that it just she just came to rely on me to take him away all the time and then I felt like my only real ability to help was to remove him from her and that would make her feel better that was my only real strategy yeah um so I think potentially that led to uh, getting to a point where she just said, I'm done. It was probably, yeah, it, it was a couple of months after his fourth birthday, although I could see it coming a, a fair way off before that. At the time, I had no idea. It was the massivest shock to the system at the time. I was like, are you kidding? Like, mm. I did not see it coming. In hindsight now, if I look back, I go, well, there's always warning signs. And let me just say as well, there's, there's other stuff that led to that too within our relationship but one of the critical points um was that she just couldn't um she couldn't handle being a full-time mother anymore and uh so i ended up taking ty i went and moved in with my parents uh she moved away uh and would only see ty very very randomly and i think in the first three months of us splitting up she may have seen him once or twice or something like that so I, I know there's probably a heap of dads who have gone through a similar sort of thing where they've, they've split up and, um, you know, find it difficult to manage their own emotional journey as well as trying to be there for their kids as well. And I found that um, quite difficult because I've, you know, I'd went through 
a traumatic experience in a breakup and then trying to keep your kid uh what's what's the word like trying to trying to shelter them for from it keep life normal yeah yeah as, normal as, as possible. normal as possible and you know he's doing the whole you know when are we going to see mummy what's um you know why are we living at uh he calls my parents Dee and dodo so why <laughs> we, it's supposed to be grandy and grando but he couldn't say it when he was a baby so it turned into Dee and dodo but anyway <laughs> so we're living why are we living at Dee and dodos and all this sort of stuff so trying to talk to your child or trying to explain something to your kid a four-year-old kid in their language that's actually way too in-depth to be able to explain to them is really tough so we moved in there for about five months we were there um she was backwards and forwards you know in and out of his life and then i i actually uh looking back again i fucked it up again in that I thought it was more important to keep our family together than it was for us to be a functional family, you know? So I I knew that there was issues. I knew that she was struggling with motherhood, but I thought for some reason, I'm not sure why, that you got to keep your family together. So for that six or five months that we were at my parents' house, I really tried hard to repair the relationship. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, we ended up moving out and Ty and I moved out and we moved into a place at Debra and she moved back in with us and was like, yep, let's give this another go. And it was like, this is, you know, this added to a big problem was pretty well the day she moved back in, I was like, "Uh oh, I've made a huge mistake. And I saw that it was like, she moved in. I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. This is, you know, this is no good for me. No good for Ty. No good for you. But then it took, you know, another few months to try and uh, sort all that out. And long story short, she ended up moving out and now it's Ty and I. It's, uh, she hasn't seen Ty for um, 18 months now, hasn't had any contact with him whatsoever. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, I'm mum and dad. So for three years, basically, I've been mum and dad and she has just come back in and out. But for the last 18 months, it's been, I am definitely mum and dad. Nice. So, um, yeah, that's the uh, short form yeah. of a long journey. There's, wow. And, you know, I've, I've brushed over a billion details, but um, I just, I think the important thing that I have learned from it is you need to, if any other guys are going through the same thing, you need to try, try and figure out what is best for yourself and what is best for your kids. And you hear a lot of people say, oh, we've got to stay together. We won't break up for the kids' sake. In my situation, not I, I acknowledge it's not everyone's, but in my situation, I honestly think it's better the way it is now. Mm-hmm. I think there is a better, stable home life now than there's ever been. So, um, yeah, if people are listening and thinking that uh, you're always better off breaking up or you're always better staying together i really don't think there's a template that fits no. every one of those it's different for everyone isn't yep it? yep and how do you think it affects ty um without having mum in his life yeah well, it's a really good question and a question i've been asked quite a few times and the, i mean the short answer is i don't know yeah he seem he's a really resilient kid and he seems okay with it now but you can't deny that there has to be some sort of long-term impacts and i do try very hard to uh give him multiple points of view on things that i maybe otherwise wouldn't have you know where you've got dad who has a certain opinion on something and mum has a, a different way of doing it and i do try and give him uh, as much of a balanced upbringing as I can, but you know, in the end, I am a bloke, and I uh, I find it a little bit more difficult than uh, otherwise. You know, a mother would to give him a feminine perspective yeah. on things. So yeah, and I do. Um, you know, another thing I've been quite um, uh, assure of, or, or, or quite conscious of, I guess is the right way to say it, is that I haven't brought any other women into my life yeah to play that mother role so he's got my mum my mum is really good she's dd dd yes shout out to dd yeah shout out dd and dada dodo dodo sorry oh, man. sorry come on um, geez. better than that so i think it would be so i haven't um 
you know, pursued any other relationship or anything like that because I thought it might be detrimental to him to see other women come or potentially come in and out, come, yeah. you know. And uh, although he has uh, he has other women in his life that I think are a really good basis for him. He has always had a female teacher at school mm-hmm. and he's had three really good teachers so far and I have told all of them what the situation is and they have fulfilled some sort of... Um, you know, feminine need, uh, or you know, um, given him a feminine perspective on things. He's got my mum, and there's you know, we live in Debra, which is a relatively small community, and there are other women around town that he's quite comfortable with, and he um, so he still does get a bit of a uh, a woman's perspective on things, but you know, it doesn't replace having a mother at all. Um, and you know, who knows what happens down the track, but that's the current situation. Yep. Yep. Was there was there a certain turning point or something that switched in your brain that that you, when you told yourself you could do it alone, like you didn't need to pursue other relationships? Um, no, not really. Uh, I think I always knew that I could do this alone. I always knew, even when we were together. Uh, it's um, so when when I was with his mum and we, you know, be raising him together. I always knew that I would probably find it easier if I was on my own. Right. I just saw the amount of you know the the amount of extra stress I was taking on because of di- having to raise a kid and deal with her stuff as well. Um, I just thought, man, this would be way easier if I was doing this on my own. And then when we broke up, uh, I, I just didn't have a desire for another relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this is hard enough as it is. If I throw another piece in the mix, it's going to make it even more difficult. Yeah. So um, that's not to say that that. I'm shut off to that. But so if there's any single ladies listening. <laughs> that's well planned. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I'm not shut off to that, but I just thought it was important, at least in the initial phases, to make it clear to Ty that I'm not trying to replace his mum with anyone. And it's easier to manage that and for me just to, um, you know, suck it up for a little while and go, well, I'm going to be on my own for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um then it, it I, I think that's more beneficial to tie than the alternative yeah think. and and honestly it's difficult but it's totally worth it Great. For, for, in my opinion awesome that's awesome insight for a otherwise shithouse situation mm. so well I, you know i think a situation is only a shithouse as you make it yeah i think right. i yeah, honestly yeah. believe in everything in every shit situation there are silver linings to that cloud and it's just whether you're willing to push aside the shitness to see what the silver lining is and it's much easier when you're through the thick of it you can look back and see that at the time even though i still maintained a relatively positive attitude there were still times when i was pissed off and i was Mm. like this is unfair there was certainly a good couple of months there where i was like this is so unfair you know when you're getting up every night to your kid uh, you know, crying in the middle of the night, or you know, wet in the bed, and you're ju- you're the one always getting up, changing the sheets. You know, you're the one getting up early because they got up. There's no one to say, oh, you have a little your sleep turn. in yeah. today, yeah. Or, yeah. or you know, he's calling out in the middle of the night, and you're like, your turn, yeah. you're up. Yeah. You know, there's and so for a little while there, I was like, this is bullshit. You know, why? You know, why is this all left on my lap? But now. You, you just have to get to a point where you just accept stuff too. You can't go through your whole life going, why me, why yeah. me? You just get to a point, you go, all right, well, there's some really cool stuff that comes along with this. But in order to have that cool stuff, I've got to accept that there's some shit stuff too. Um, and for me, the cool stuff is way worth it or, you know, well worth it to, um, yeah, for me to continue as is really nice and then uh then the unthinkable happens you get the wheels checked oh yeah so they literally fell off yeah they, they literally got taken yeah so uh like i said earlier taking the mum roll a bit too seriously yeah oh, yeah so i'm like a method actor I was like, yeah i was like how am i going to up my estrogen and down my testosterone i know i'll get rid of these things oh god there's the silver yeah. lining <laughs> So, um, yeah, like I uh, mentioned earlier, you know, when life sort of is swimming along all right, you know, I, I was, I, I felt like I had a pretty good equilibrium, things are going okay, I had a little bit of a plan or, you know, a big plan for the next few years as, you know, to get myself back on track because it's taken a long time to 
get myself to a point where I'm like, right, you know, I've now able to get life by the balls, pardon the pun, Excellent. and carry yeah. on. Um, so I went to the doctor for a checkup, and the reason I did that was actually due to another guy's battle with cancer and um, a, a guy from work who Nick would know because we work together. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, had bowel cancer a few years ago and he's about my age um and i'm 38 so that's you know pretty young to be starting to think about cancer anyway he had bowel cancer a few years ago and when he was diagnosed i thought shit i better go get myself a checkup you know i'm i'm probably like most guys probably couldn't tell you the last time i went to the doctor and the the last time i went to the doctor was because something something was wrong you know, I've never been to the doctor in my life just to go for a checkup. Yeah. You know? uh, so, anyway, I I had had this in the back of my mind: got to get a checkup, got to get a checkup. Um, eventually, uh, a few months ago, I just bit the bullet, went right. I'm going, booked it in, uh, and it was actually because I'd mentioned it to my mum. I said, "Oh, you know, I've been meaning to go get a checkup," and mum's like, "Just book it in, mm. get it done." So I did. I booked it in, went and. Um, went for the checkup, walk into the doctor's office and he was like, why are you here? And I was, I was like, well, you know, this guy had bowel cancer. He's about my age. I just like the full suite of tests. I don't know what you can do, but I was like, you know, I'd like my, my you know, bowel screening kit. I want blood mm. tests uh, and, and the whole bit. And he was like, oh, you know, you're a bit young for that. We don't really start that scanning stuff until you're about 40. And I was like, well, that's in two years. So why don't we just start it now? And so he's like, right, it starts right now and all the things, get these blood tests and, you know, here's your bowel screening kit and whatever. And then what had been happening for me for the last six months was I had like a very slight twinge in my balls, in my right ball in particular. And But I hadn't thought anything of it. It was a non-issue um, whatsoever. So I'd played in a basketball tournament earlier in the year um, on an Australia Day basketball tournament at up the sunny coast and i thought i'd only noticed this after that basketball tournament and i thought oh, i've probably just copped a whack in the balls at some mm. point hadn't noticed it it's probably just a little bit of trauma you know it'll be right and it it would come and go you know you might feel it for a couple of days it'd then go away for a week and you wouldn't feel it again at all and then you know it'd come back and you go oh there's that little thing and when i'm talking like a slight twinge i mean like if you had that pain in your shoulder or your knee or your ankle or something, you would never mention it to anyone ever. So uh, in the lead up to having the doctor's appointment, it had got gotten slightly worse, but still nothing I was concerned about. So while the doctor's writing out all these, um, you know, uh, referrals for different bits and pieces, I just happened to mention to mention it to him off the cuff. Like he, he's like, oh, anything else? And I was like, oh, well, actually, I've had this slight twinge in my balls. I think I might have just copped a knock in them at some point mm. earlier in the year. I've had it for about six months. Um, you know, I don't think it's anything. And he goes, oh, yeah, righto, it's probably nothing. But here, go get an ultrasound and, you know, we'll be done with it. So um, I went and got the ultrasound maybe a week or so later. Like it wasn't something I was rushing out to mm. do because – the last thing I wanted was for someone to be fondling around with my undercarriage. It's well, not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> depending on who they are. Well, you know, I'd love someone to fondle around with my undercarriage. <laughs> not, not in a doctor's when office. A, <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <laughs> when, a, when a man and a woman love each other very much. They don't even have to love each other <laughs> no, that's that much. That's true, yeah. <laughs> it's probably something a lot of blokes just, yeah, just avoid because I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't want a doctor doing that or just hundred yeah. you know, percent super awkward. Yeah. 100% I um, even in when I was going to I knew I had the appointment with the doctor I was like uh, do I mention this to him because then he'll probably want to see him and he might want to play with him and <laughs> I was like oh, I don't know and I actually probably was leaning towards not saying anything because I was still of the mindset like oh, it'll be right. nothing, it'll man. go away uh, and then just for when I was there for whatever reason I was like ah oh, fuck it you know just I'm here get it done you know stop being a Suck, or you know, don't be a pussy about it. You're going to have yeah. to face this at some stage or another. So, uh, anyway, long story short, went and got the ultrasound, and uh, that was about a week later. Um, I had the ultrasound at about midday, and then I was meeting my dad for lunch after that, and 
<laughs> when I met with Dad, I said, oh, man, you're never going to guess what. I just went and had the most awkward experience of my life. I just had to have an ultrasound on my balls yeah. and we're, we're laughing about it. He's, he's like, oh, why is that? And I said, oh, you know, just I think I got whacked in them in that Australia Day tournament and, you know, they're still a bit sore. Yeah. He's like, right, whatever. That was it. Have lunch. Anyway, well, uh, just when we finished lunch, I had a missed call from the doctor's office. This is like, I don't know, two or three hours after getting the ultrasound. Called the doctor's office back. And they said, um, you know, doctor wants to see you urgently. And as soon as you get that, you're like, yeah, uh-oh. heart drops. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something's wrong. So I was like, right, I'm on my way. So I went in and saw him. And it was fortunate that I was with dad because I said it was around school pickup time. I said, oh, can you go get Ty from school? I've got to go see the doctor about that ultrasound. And, he, and so I went there. Um, and sure enough, you know, got that um, appointment that probably no one ever wants to get where you sit down and, uh, you know, he looks looks you in the eye and he goes, you know, something's showing up on your ultrasound. I'm really concerned about it. Um, I think he even used the words like, you've got a big problem or, or we've got a big oh, problem or something geez. like that. Yeah, I was like, oh, what a knob. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did it in a, in a nice way. Like, it probably wasn't as severe as that, but that's how I'm remembering it. Yeah. And um, I was like, all right, give it to me straight. What's the deal? And um, so it turned out uh, I have or had a 35 millimeter tumor on my right ball and there was a it ended up being an eight millimeter tumor on my left one so this i didn't know that at that time but he sent me then for an mri and ct scan and whatnot then the um, next day uh, i was in seeing a urologist and then uh so that was a monday got the ultrasound tuesday was all these scans and then the friday i was in having surgery and uh, they whipped out one ball. And I don't know if I didn't realise this, and it seems ridiculous to me even now, but to get to when they remove a testicle, they cut you through the guts. So it's like similar to where a woman would have a caesarean cut. Yeah. Fuck. So I've got, I've got um, now I've got two of them, one on each side, but they're like, they're, they're about as long as my pointer finger so they cut you through the guts wow. rip out your ball the right one they just took all together sent it away from pathology to find out actually what it was and then a week later came back and had the left one uh partially removed so they they were able to cut out the section of the the left one that was cancerous can i ask why they only took half the other one so like why not just lob the whole thing out well yeah good question because he said if you just had an eight millimeter tumor on one ball, we would take it all together. Mm. But your balls create testosterone. Yeah. If you lock both your balls off, your body's unable to produce testosterone, and you then have to be on testosterone supplementation for the rest of your life. So um, I'm still going through this process at the moment as to whether I still have enough of a ball left to produce enough testosterone to, you know, be at a normal standard. And they won't know that for a little bit because apparently once they um, you know, once they've mucked around with it, it takes a little bit for it to settle down and go, mm. where's my mate? <laughs> but apparently it steps up to the plate. He's away getting fondled. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's why they took one, the, the one that had the 35 mil tumour on it. They're like, right, that's going in the blender where it's gone. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then they just, uh, the, a week later, they took the other one. So, yeah, so I had, I had the cancer, you know, that bit then you got to recover from surgery and Mm. like i said it's like a cesarean so it's like i had two cesareans within a week of each other plus i'm full-time dad with ty so Mm. i'm trying to balance all that and it's interesting when i got diagnosed i'm sure this would happen to most people when they get the cancer call is that uh you know you think oh shit i could die here Mm. like you know because your mind goes straight to i had no idea and it turns out testicular cancer is extremely treatable so you know the chances of dying of it are pretty slim um so, but you know, initially I'm like, I'm going to die, and then the next morning I woke up and I had a sore eye, and I was like, oh no, it's gone to my eye, oh, you, no, know? <laughs> you know, just something. Yeah. Like that. Anyway, I I had like this, um, I don't know, awakening epiphany moment where I was like, do you know what? I actually don't care if I die. <clears throat> like, I, it, to, if I was, if I didn't have a kid, death doesn't scare me whatsoever. I was like, oh, it'd be like an interesting little adventure. But <laughs> the only thing that really scared me was I was like Ty cannot grow up without a mother and a father yeah. and I was like this is uh, not negotiable yeah. that I I get through it and 
it would have been not negotiable anyway but it was like that I think when you ha- you go through something like that you realise what's important to you and I already knew that he was the most important thing to me ever but yeah. that really solidified it was that was like my main thought is that this this can't happen and I was like I, I'll just do absolutely mm. anything if if the doctor said you know you got to lose both your balls I go well yeah, yeah. take them they're okay. yours man yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't use them anyway so <laughs> off you go I'm bloody over. I think maybe uh, it was from lack of use. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you have about you said about a week between like d- diagnosis or them telling you and then the surgery? Is yeah. That, yep. So, di- well, officially diagnosed on a Tuesday because that's when the urologist got all the results. So, ultrasound Monday, urologist Tuesday, surgery Friday, and if it wasn't. For the fact that I had one, uh, a tumour on both balls, he said I would have had the surgery on the Wednesday. Uh, he just needed to figure out uh, and, and talk to other, you know, his colleagues or whatever, about what to do with having it on both balls, whether right. we whip them out. And actually, I, he then sent me for an MRI on the Wednesday. So it would have happened within sort of two days uh, otherwise. But it, it, this bloke said he'd never seen a bilateral testicular cancer. Wow. So... What is so the ball doctors all got together and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's talk tactics, boys. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, if if anyone can take something from my story is that I, I think had I acted earlier, I would have to the twinge. Yes, yeah. I would I wouldn't have had it on both balls, and I, it wouldn't have been as much of a process. Um, the fact that it, it was on both balls has really been a pain in the ass because I had you know sur- two lots of surgery then I've got all this chemo and shit to deal with as well and it probably wouldn't have been as severe had I acted earlier so what I really would like to put out as a message is I'm becoming a healthcare advocate now mm. which I never was before you know I was just like a you know you'll be right kind of guy um, and I still do believe you'll be right but if, if you feel something that you know is not normal just get it checked don't worry about what I was worried about. Like, oh, I don't really want to mention that to the doctor because mm. he's going to want to play with me balls. Um, I have had so many people play with my balls in the last two, three months. It is ridiculous. <laughs> I am flat out walking into a room now and not dropping my dacks and just showing someone my balls. It's unbelievable how many people have had a go on them. So just... Um, so single or married, <laughs> yeah, go get your balls yeah, fondled. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, yeah, if you feel something that's not normal, you know, it, wherever, you know, yeah. just go get it checked because you really don't want to be in the situation where you've left it too long and then you're faced with the reality of I might have to leave my kids here, mm. you know. Um, you know, if we're talking about parenthood in, in particular, you know, none of us want to leave our, our kids and it's not fair on them mm. if we have just not gone and looked after ourselves for no good reason or a reason we thought was a good reason but you know there is no good reason for not looking after yourself so um, fortunately for me the type of cancer I had was called a seminoma it's a slow growing treatable type of cancer but there are you know millions of other types that are not slow growing and they're not extremely treatable so you don't want you know had it been a different type of testicular cancer I could have been riddled with it it's just very, very fortunate that I got it before it had gone too far. So, yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, go get yourself checked. Great message there. Yeah, um, yeah. let's let's get it out there. Um, how did it actually change you as a dad, though, going through all that treatment and, and knowing what you know, like what's happening in your body and like your focuses are obviously elsewhere. Yeah. How did it change the way you were a dad to Ty? Did it? Oh. Because I'm still going through it, it's the full changes are probably yet to eventuate. Mm. But um, obviously, you're getting help from Didi and Dodo. Yeah, which is good. well, my family has been incredible. Mum and Dad and my brother, they've all helped out. They've yeah. come and stayed with me for bits and pieces of it, and taken Ty when I have not been capable. Like in the in the week or two post surgery, it's exactly the same. Like a, a woman is after cesarean you can't lift anything you can't drive you can't you're just 
you're hopeless. Mm. Sorry, ladies, but you're hopeless after it. So <laughs> only, only for a short time. Yeah. So. And I'm a bloke Disclaimer. too. So <laughs> women deal with it much better than we do. Yeah. <laughs> we know that. Um, but my family has been excellent and the support I've had from you know members of the community and uh, the fire service as well like has been unbelievable. Um, you know, both management and... Um, you know, just the guys on the floor, guys and girls on the floor. Yeah. The you know the the amount of people that have stepped up, and even you know, Nick, yourself, and your crew made me some dinners and brought them out, and you know, daddy dinners. We oh, loaded up. Nice. It was great. <laughs> so you know that got us through the first week or so, and still waiting for the next delivery. But anyway, <laughs> she's coming, mate. She's coming. Uh, Once we get through this, but how it's changed me as a father probably just reaffirmed that um, position that I mentioned before. Is that uh, my sole responsibility now is to be as good as I can be to be, uh, you know, health wise, so I can be a decent father. And um, it's really when I when I thought, man, I can't leave Ty behind here. It really just reaffirmed that um, thing. Like, man, we we busy ourselves with so much shit, and we probably don't live in the moment as much as we should. And I know it's all really cliche, but there's probably just been a few moments where I have really appreciated the small things, you mm-hmm. know, just like, you know, when your kid is just wanting your attention for a little bit and you don't really feel like it and you think, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll get to you or whatever. I've probably uh, swung a little bit the other way and, and sucked it up a bit more than I normally would. But um, but like I say, I'm still going through it and I'm still recovering from chemo, so I don't feel fantastic still. And I think once I'm through the whole thing, I think then the changes in my parenting style will probably be more evident. Yeah. And that's we really appreciate you coming in, obviously, because of the treatment and how, you, how it's affecting you. So that's glad right. we got you on a good day. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. No, it's fine. And that's, you know, you wanted me to come a couple of weeks ago. and <laughs> No, no, yeah, I was checking how you were. I checked how you're feeling first, to be fair. Yeah. How, how you feel? I think the text messages went, how are you feeling? And I said, oh, not great. And you said, what's the chances of a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't like that. No, no I... Um, Fuck. I have, I'm editing this out. Fuck you. <laughs> no, well, since I um, since I came across your podcast, anyway, I've I've wanted to come along, and I really think what you're doing is a great thing. I, I love the idea that we're opening, or shouldn't shouldn't say we, you guys are opening the door for men to talk about stuff and just be open and honest in a way that we're we're really not used to and. Uh, I think you might have said it in one of the episodes, Nick, about you know when you're struggling with some something, it's not normal for us to just call someone and say, "Hey, man, I'm struggling" or something like that. Which I think it should we, mm. it should be like that, but we know we're kind of not really wired that no. way. I just love the fact that you guys are opening up this forum to be al- to allow people to hear other up other people's journeys to relate to them but also in a way this is a kind of therapy too for the person talking about it you know yeah, you're, yeah. you're getting it out of verbalizing so. everything yeah. yeah so um oh, thanks yeah. for that. no great job guys <laughs> thanks thank you so much <laughs> do you have any other escapes or anything you do for yourself when it does get too much um honestly like there's heaps of things i like doing mm. but i but you can't do right now i, I can't do now yeah. i can't do anything now i'm, I'm hopeless at the moment but wait just like women who have just had a baby right yes, just, just so yes. we're reiterating that yeah. yes exactly yeah. Uh, exactly <laughs> um <laughs> let's not go down that path too far see that's what i was saying i've got no one that i need to justify this to so i can say whatever i want and you guys probably have to bear the brunt of it when you get home <laughs> all the hate mail we'll get for this yeah um what was the question? Uh, oh, ha- any other escapes? You know, you yeah. mentioned, you know, in a you know, previously you had done things like triathlons and, you know, that might help with your mental health and physical health. Are yeah. there any things now that you kind of do just to, I don't know, mindfulness or anything to kind of just, you know, just help you get through it? I'd like to say that I do mindfulness stuff because I really do know the benefits of it. And in the past I have done that, but lately I haven't. Um, and I... It's a real cop-out. This is a massive cop-out, but I'm going to use it anyway. But I haven't had time. Up until I got diagnosed, um, I was working full-time and a full-time dad as well. So in between trying to um, you know, be a dad and be there, and, and I probably, I'm probably my own worst enemy in that I, I'm, 
I'm probably over parenting a bit because I try and be there for absolutely everything Ty does. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, uh, I hesitate to ask anyone else to pick him up from school or to take him to soccer training or karate or whatever else he does. Mm-hmm. So I overparent in that, which then takes away from my time to do what I want to do. So there's heaps of stuff I enjoy doing, but I haven't really had the opportunity to do it. Um, although that being said, I have made the pact with myself that once I am better, mm. I need to start ticking off a few of those things that I've really wanted to do. So, mm. you know, like, um, you know, I, I want to do an Ironman triathlon. That's why I was yeah. training. I've never done a triathlon before, but th- it's just been on my bucket list to do. And, you know, stuff like just, just, I had this conversation actually with another guy last night who said he's a little bit crook at the moment too. And he said, as soon as I'm better, I need to start doing things for me. Like mm-hmm. he said, even if it's just going for a hike and, you know, getting the boys together and just having a social afternoon or something like that. Yeah, I'm sort of starting to realise the importance of that too because if we don't, we just wear ourselves out and once you wear yourself out, you're no good to anyone and it's very difficult to come back from and then you get the health problems that come along with it and yeah, yeah, it's no good. Mm. Was, um, as as you've been going through this, um, has Ty been something that has been like such a positive that can distract you from it and and you can obviously engage with him and... Yeah, he, he's always a positive. Like he is the – probably the, the happiest uh, – well, I shouldn't say the happiest kid I've ever met, but he's a very happy kid. Like he is very positive and things don't phase him and it's been fantastic to be able to, you know, still do as, as much as I can with him, you know, which is generally uh, recently not that much. But it, it's funny, like when I got diagnosed, he – He's so perceptive that I'd been to all these doctor's appointments and stuff and I hadn't told him about what was going on. I think I only told him the night before surgery what was going on. And I had said to him uh, um, when I picked him up from school, oh, I, I was uh, had another doctor's appointment today. And, oh, that's right, I had a blood test. I had like the bit of cotton wool over my um, arm, you know, your, your vein where they take blood yeah, out. Yeah. And I was like, he's like, what's that? And I said, oh, I had another blood test. I had to go to the doctor today and he's like, oh, geez, you've been to the doctor a lot, haven't you? <laughs> anyway, that night I was like, oh, I've probably got to tell him. And so I told him, I said, um, you know how I've been to the doctor a lot lately? And he was like, yeah. I said, oh, I just need to tell you what's going on. I said, um, I went to the doctor and he found something wrong with my testicles. And uh, like, it gives me this funny look. And then uh, I said, have you ever heard of cancer? And he goes, yeah. And I said, "What? what's what do you think cancer is? And he said, oh, it's where people get sick and you know, sometimes they get better. The doctor gives them some medicine. I was like, oh, yeah, mm. that's pretty well right. And I yeah. said, well, I've got cancer in my testicles and tomorrow I've got to go into the hospital and the doctor's going to take one out. He's going to remove it. And he just gave me this, like, shocked look. Like, and I was like, oh, what is it, mate? And he goes, has the doctor seen your penis? <laughs> 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 that's the only thing he sort of cared about so when i say he's like a happy and like resilient kid and i guess most kids are at that age they're so pragmatic about it they're just like they think about the big issues like has the doctor seen you naked and stuff like that and then i you know we got through that little bit and um and explained it a bit further and then he said um uh, which which testicle are they taking and i said oh they're going to take the right one and i said he goes oh no I said, why, mate? What's wrong? He goes, that's my favourite testicle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like, oh, you're right-handed, aren't you? You'll you have to be left-handed. <laughs> uh, and then we went through the whole thing if he wanted to take it to school for show and tell. And, uh, just got out of control. But anyway, yeah. No, so uh, back to your your question. Like, he has been like a ray of sunshine through the whole yeah. thing. And, you know, he'd come and visit me in hospital all the time. And, yeah, um, yeah it was fantastic. So he... He has been excellent for this whole process. Really, really good. Wow. That's what you want. Yep. Yeah. We, as mentioned, we really appreciate you sharing all of that. Um, Happy to, it's yeah. pretty deep, but it's, yeah, like we said, it's important to hear for a lot of blokes. Yep. Mm. Well, hopefully my story can help someone along the way. And if not, hopefully they got a laugh somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> laugh at my misfortune. I think there's a few laughs about now. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right, we're going to get into a bit more uh, little uh, light-hearted fun for the rest of the pod right now. So we're going to get into a, some quick-fire questions. Roger. Qu- right, quick-fire. Yeah. So I, you know how I keep changing the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not, you know? More songs. Yeah. So we've got, we got a new song. You've got 30 seconds. Okay. All right. So can, it's, it's kind of like that thing they do on B105, the um, 
Alpha bucks. Alpha bucks. Yeah, yep. yeah. So you've got thirty seconds yeah. to hit ten questions. Oh god! You've got to answer it all did ten. I, did and I you say earlier on my brain's not working? <laughs> doesn't matter. You, right. you win a prize at the end. You can push through this, Tim. Right, I all got right, this. Right. Let's do it. All right. So when, whenever you're ready, Cam. Okay. What's your peak Sunday afternoon activity? Sleep. What's one thing you can't go without daily? Oh, oh man, this is terrible to admit, but probably my phone. That's horrible. What's one thing that annoy that you do that annoys your boy? <laughs> uh, I always do like play on words kind of stuff. Like if he uses a certain word, I'll use it in a different context and he hates it. <laughs> uh, do you grunt when you stand up or sit down? Oh, I've just had my balls taken out. So <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. I don't know if I did beforehand or not, but definitely <laughs> every movement, movement comes with a grunt. <laughs> or like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what's better, shower beer or garden beer? Shower beer? Yeah. You've well, never had a, a shower beer? Having a beer in the shower. Oh, yeah. come on, Tim. <laughs> it's pretty good. Try it. The Savo. You guys need help. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't need to hide when I'm having beers. From no, anyone, it's so. not about hiding. It's just the freedom. <laughs> I can't say well, that I've ever had a beer in the shower. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to say garden beer. Uh, what's your go-to daddy dinner? Uh, just a meat and three veg. So yep. we like... Dinners are um, the bane of my existence. I am the worst cook and I hate cooking. So I just have like three veggies, broccoli, peas, potato, throw some carrots in there sometimes. So three or four veggies. And it's just a different meat rotation every night. That's, that's how we roll. <laughs> yeah, that's how we roll. Um, when you, if you go camping, beach or bush? Well, camping would have to be bush. Camping on the beach always ends in just sand everywhere and it's yeah. pain. So I'm going to go bush for camping, beach Stick for to the bush. Yep. <laughs> Love the bush. Uh, do you rinse your favourite coffee? that's where mug? I would have used the word in a different context. <laughs> <laughs> Not to my son, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Carry on, sorry. Uh, do you rinse your favourite coffee mug? Or now, I, this, we need to just pause the quiz here for a moment. You failed the 30 seconds <laughs> miserably anyway, so let's just get on with it. <laughs> So I have heard this question come up in all your previous podcasts and I just need to address the fact that if you need to retain the flavour in your coffee cup, you need to get a different type of coffee. Your coffee's not flavoursome <laughs> enough. Firstly, not washing a coffee cup is gross to start with. So it's rinsed. You need to wash the thing out mm. and then start again with a fresh coffee right, that mum. has a decent taste to it. Come on. Not the international roast. No, no. no that's no. never okay. So short answer, no. Wash, wash yeah. the thing. Um, do you say day for it on a sunny day? Uh or any day no I wouldn't say that but what I would say is like the sarcastic version of it like you walk outside and it's a beautiful sunny day and you go oh what a shit day <laughs> yeah, right, <that's laughs> or like a, oh no it looks like rain could get worse than <laughs> this oh, yeah. yeah this is a horrible day for that <laughs> or you know someone goes to the beach or something on a beautiful sunny day and they tell you about it and you're like oh pity about the weather yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally who is your all time favourite sportsman or sportswoman Oh, um, I oh, that is a tough question. I'd, ha I'd probably, I'd probably have to go. An easy option would be to say Michael Jordan. I'm a basketballer, yeah. so I like um, Michael Jordan. Or you know, you could go the Kobe Bryant. Who's your favorite Aussie basketballer of all time? Is it of, Gaze? Of all time, well, you can't beat Gaze. Can't go past. Yeah, him. and <laughs> I don't know if this is appropriate to say, to, but <laughs> when um uh. Andrew Gaze was at the peak of his powers. Another fiery told me this. He went and saw a basketball game and uh, Andrew Gaze is the massive, you know, huge guy at the time and there was a banner up the back of the stadium that said, we're not Gaze, we just love him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew oh, Gaze, awesome. so i tell you what, what Paddy Mills did in the Olympics oh, recently. That was He's special. Put him up there yeah. Yeah. as one of the all-time greats. But, um, mate, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a basketballer who's yeah, my nice. favourite, but it changes from day to day depending on how they play. <laughs> Well, you've failed miserably 30 seconds. 30. What do you reckon, Cal? I mean, the answers are up there, though. I'm pretty yeah, happy with that. We got long, through it pretty quick. How long did that take? Oh, mate, like pushing two or three minutes. Well, that's I'm cool. A, I'm a performer. <laughs> <laughs> it's going for quality, not corner there. Yes. Nice. Shit dad moment of the Ooh. week. It's always the best time of the, the pod, I reckon. Yeah. 
But um, let's let's start with the guests. Tim, you've been talking up this shit dad moment oh. that you've had, and yeah. I'm itching to hear it. So yeah, I uh, I'd been wondering what I was going to say for my shit dad moment of the week because I have them regularly anyway. <laughs> like very, I had a few up my sleeve, but this week I actually texted these guys earlier in the week and said, "Yep, it's just happened." <laughs> um, I had to go. I, had, I dropped Ty at school, and I had to go get something from his classroom. So I go up to his classroom, and as I'm walking back from his classroom with him beside me, we come across the lost property box, and I have been into him for months about where's your jumper? He's lost his school jumper. Where's your jumper? Where's your jumper? Oh, I don't know. I've lost it. You know. I said, look in lost property every day, like look in lost property. Oh, I did, I did, I did. Yeah, sure. Anyway, come across the lost property box. There's a jumper on top of the lost property box uh, at the top. And I said, oh, here's lost property. I'll check for your jumper. Pick up literally the first item I touched <laughs> and that's his jumper. And it's got tie written on it, <laughs> massive writing. And I just, he's standing beside me and I, looked at it i saw a tie on the uh, tag and i go here it is and i flicked him with it like i just it's like i kind of smacked him with his jumper yeah. but not like just in jest right yeah. it's got this big chunky zip on it oh no. <laughs> it whips around and it smacks him in the spine oh. and i i in hindsight i hit him too hard like it was a, it was a bad moment like yeah. a, a, in frustration i've whacked him with his jumper he lost it oh no he has just screamed and broken down. Ah, oh dear! <laughs> and the worst thing about it was, we're right near the undercover area where all the kids assemble for like before school. Oh, there no. is teachers, kids, parents, everywhere, and they've just seen me assault my child. <laughs> and I thought he was just bunging it on. I lift up the back of his shirt and have a look. Sure enough, he's got this massive welt oh, on no. where the zippers smashed him. <laughs> anyway, so I've had to uh, sort of pretend that I'm not an abusive father for a that is an uh, absolute give him a cracker. give him a cuddle and say you'll be right mate yeah, 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 it yeah, off. Yeah. I'll give you an ice cream this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and the bribe as well shut yeah. up just shut up <laughs> perfect uh, yeah, hung my head in shame and walked out of the schoolyard crikey that's excellent yeah. what do you <laughs> what do you got camo um mine is an interesting one so I've been pretty busy and a bit distracted uh, the last couple of weeks with work some big kind of projects happening and presentations and things um uh, one day this week, I had a missed call from my wife, and I was like, oh, you know, I was in meetings, you know, in and out. Um, I didn't really worry too much about it. I'll call back later. Um, got a weird voicemail in WhatsApp sometimes. We text via that. That's a bit, I don't normally get them, you know, like that. I thought it, once again, just thought it might be the kid sending a hello daddy message. Um, then got another call. So I finally got out of some meetings, um, and I was like, oh, she must have something important to tell me. So I give her a call. Um, and it turns out at that time she was at the local medical clinic. Oh, oh no. Um, my son had had an accident on the playground, um, busted and bit through, almost through his, the bottom of his lip. Um, and they were deciding whether or not to get stitches or glue it back together. Oh, that's amazing. And I was like, oh, my God. And I should have called you straight away. So sorry. <laughs> um, in the end, he got glue and apparently there's going to be a little scar. So, chicks um, dig him. That's chicks right. Chicks do yeah, dig yeah, scars. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so not any chicks dads, I know, but <laughs> remember to prioritise those those calls over, over work. So That's uh, so good. Yeah. I can't blame you. That's not going to happen any other time. <laughs> no, that's all right. Uh, I couldn't think of one. This isn't me thinking I'm not a shit dad because obviously I am but the um, this week it just nothing bad happened it was a good week so um, we got one from James in Griffin Um, that time I put my kid in a box so I could watch the rugby (laughs) he's literally sent a picture of his kid in a box with a drink bottle, some snacks by the looks of things, and a little blanket like a new, like a newborn puppy dog. That you, yeah, that seems Keep like a box. good dad moment. That's where's the, that's, where's that's the his problem? big boy thinking right there. Where's that's, the problem? <laughs> oh God! Yeah, well, that's it, eh? Oh, so that, my friends, is the shit dad moment of the week. Right, um, Cam, got any, any anything to add, mate? 
No, I, um, I'm looking forward to getting a few extra episodes out this week. Yeah. So thanks everyone for um, being, sticking with us. Being with patient. Us. Yeah, being patient um, as we didn't have one last week. Yeah. And as Tim knows, um, being a fiery, you don't get that all just the shift work. You, it doesn't always line up with everyone else. So it's um, it's been one of those weeks. So yeah, we're, we're really lucky to have another great guest on next week. But um, yeah, Tim, been a fantastic guest. Pleasure. Really been good, like two three good stories just in one hit so yeah. mate um do you if you have any other advice for blokes out there what do you oh, reckon look i'll probably just go back to that thing i said before get go get go get a checkup if you haven't been to the doctor for a checkup in the last six months or so just it takes five seconds to book yourself in mm-hmm. and it's half an hour or so out of your day somewhere and it you know, it sounds dramatic, but it could save your life, or if not save your life, it could save you some serious heartache down the track. So, um, please go and do it. Just yep. go get yourself a checkup. Go and just tell the doctor that you want, you know, a full range of blood tests yep. and whatever. You know, a full fondle. Uh, that's the go. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you yep. want to drop your dax when you walk in, I mean, that's what <laughs> I do now. So. Fill your boots. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much yeah, for that. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. Awesome. Uh, keep trickle feeding the shit dattery by following us on Instagram and your podcast platform. Um, send your stories and jokes through to shitdadpod at gmail.com. And uh, also slide into our DMs on Instagram. The best submission each week wins a smashing fibers apparel gift voucher. So Cam's got a, uh, a email from um, a gentleman in the Central Coast and just thought it was worth a read. And uh, we don't actually have his name. We've only got his Instagram account name. But uh, yeah, we're going to send him a gift voucher for smashing fibers this week because yeah. we really appreciated the message. Yeah. So he's, he's just messaged in and said how much he's enjoying it. He's a big fan. Um, he said at the time he was uh, 13 weeks uh, with his first baby on the way. So obviously enjoying some of the advice um, and he mentioned that he is pretty good with cable ties and duct tape. So he's going to be pretty good at some of the dad hacks. So please send those in as well. Awesome. So until next episode, sit back with a coffee and don't whack your kid with a zipper jumper for the kids. (laughs) 